Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Investing Yourself, the podcast series. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And today I'm very happy to have Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss podcast on to share her story. That's her. Yes, she's on the screen right there. If you're watching, if you're listening, you'll hear her voice shortly. Um, she's an awesome podcaster. I can't wait to talk to her about her ups or downs everywhere in between about her podcast and how she went from uh, huggling into uh, uh, we don't know. We, we're not sure yet. We're figure that out on the show. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Kate, how about you give uh, my audience just a quick blurb about you? Who are you? Why did you start podcasting or anything like that? Or just a, a brief overview of your podcast? Sure. Um, I am a forensic psychologist and crisis clinician. So that means crisis clinician are the people who see you when you enter into an emergency room with either suicidal or homicidal thoughts or a psychotic break, manic episode, that kind of thing. And then forensic psychologist works in a prison or in a locked psychiatric facility, testifies in court, determines competency, that kind of thing. So I've kind of done the gamut there. And I broke my back in 2014. Don't do that. I hear that's bad. It's so not fun. Like... (laughs) It, I know it's, I make it I make it look fun and sexy, but I'm telling you. So I spent, you know, I've been home on disability since then. I spent the first couple of years basically listening to podcasts and moping. And in early, late 2017, my father moved in with us. And about six weeks later, I went to my husband and I said to him, I'm starting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I I was not expecting a podcast to come out of there. I was more expecting, I want to kill him. (laughs) Well, little column A, little column B. You know, (laughs) it was, this was my way of, of, I was going to say staying stained, but that's an overstatement. But this was my way of, of finding myself because I'm the mother to four kids and I've been married 20 years and then my father moved in and I was like, I need some way to be myself again where I'm not mom and I'm not wife and I'm not daughter and I'm not angry <laughs> was, was the goal. And luckily we've been together long enough that he knew the answer was, how can I help? And so the, it, my reply was get out of the way, I'll figure it out. And so that's, that's, that's my origin story. And I started off with a true crime show because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the, I think, easiest question mark, easiest ways to start a show is to find your voice and talk about what you know with some confidence and then branch off from there. After about six or eight months, I got Ooh, I'm trying to find a diplomatic way. No, no, I got cranky uh, um, at the toxicity that can happen among certain genres, such as certain corners of true crime. Um, There are true crime shows that are excellent, and it's still the genre I listen to the most often, and I still have very close friends in that genre. But there's a subgenre of true crime that's very voyeuristic, and sensationalistic and they did a lot of telling me that I'm not a real true crime podcaster they started gatekeeping about what 
really is true crime, meaning it has to be narrative. Apparently, it also involves drinking wine and reading Wikipedia, none of which I did. And so I kind of reached a point where I was like, you know, what? what is it about this that I really like and what do I not like? And I still like true crime. I still cover it. I, I, I just recorded a three and a half hour yet to be edited Pray for me. Um, I, I'm already praying. Yeah, it takes so, me like two hours. I'm not yeah. even going to guess how many three would take. Well, you know, it, it won't be as as awful as I'm thinking because it, my show is meant to be conversational. Mm-hmm. I don't take out the ums and the uhs. I don't take out the you knows because that's part of the process. Still, it's a long one. So that was on a. a sort of real life mysteries slash potential true crime out of Canada. So I still, I still go back there, but what I really like is the connection to people and talking to people and just learning their stories, collecting their stories. So I sort of moved from true crime to more of a society and culture. If you, if you need to sit in a genre somewhere and that's what I've been doing ever since. I like that you you touched on two great things that I want to I'm going to put a pin in, but I'm going to mention how there's been gatekeeping in podcasting, specifically with certain genres. I've never been in the true crime genre. It was never my uh, taste, if you will. Um, I, I love horror, not horror movies, but I love movies. So I uh, I went into my first podcast was a movie podcast and more uh, based around that, but there is gatekeeping there because if you're not reviewing a movie properly or stuff like that. So I understand the gatekeeping, but I, I like how you, you also show that you're allowed to change. You don't have to stay the same. You can evolve just like I have. I evolved from the, that show into uh, one of my other shows and into this show now, because I'm like, you know what, there's not this great repertoire of talking with podcasters about actual struggles. You do have podcasters teaching, but it's them just lecturing. And instead you're not learning from fellow podcasters because you know, they podcasters who podcast, they're biz, it's usually business ones who switch over to teaching people about podcasting. So we don't get that nice flavor of true crime or social uh, society and culture or movie or business, all these other ones. And they're teaching you about if that's something you want to go into. So you get to hear, here are some of the struggles you may face. So if someone's starting a true crime, know that they could be, you know, some gatekeeping, just like the, the fandoms out there as well, gatekeep. So I like, I like that you touched on that. Um, so to keep yourself from being cranky, you switched over and started talking to people, learning about their stories, which I kind of love as well. That's what this podcast and uh, the Invest in Yourself podcast brand is actually about. It's understanding people, learning from them, and letting them tell their story. So I really like that, that you're doing that. How did you come up with Ignorance Was Bliss, though? Well, because I started off as true crime, the idea, like I've worked with serial killers, I've worked with murderers and rapists and people who have operated. Favorite person than I am. At times, it's terrifying, but at times, working with them is wonderful. Like I felt safer working at the prison than I felt at almost any other job, because they don't touch staff. Like for sure. So, you know, it's, it's, it's here or there, but they're humans, they're people and they have stories 
right, that, that got them there. I also spent time working in psych hospitals where I talked to people with schizophrenia or with bipolar disorder or that kind of thing. And they lived through things that the rest of us really don't understand. And it gets easy to sort of flippantly, you know, oh, I, I like everything aligned by color order. I'm OCD. And, you know, I, I name certain of my aneurysms. And that's this one right here is this this aneurysm of liking things neat is not the same as OCD. No. It's just, you know, and so I thought, let me make things more understandable. And if you can understand what it, what it feels like to have depression, or you can understand what it feels like to be in an emergency room and be assessed for suicidal risk, then you can understand what someone's experience is if they've committed a murder. And the problem is, and one of my initial taglines, and still is, is, are you sure you really want to know? Because once you know, you can't unknow it. So ignorance was bliss. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. Um, speaking of schizophrenia, uh, my brother actually lives with paranoid schizophrenia. So I do understand how, like, some people say, oh, I like something a certain way. It's I'm so OCD. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I can guarantee you, you are probably the farthest thing from OCD. OCD isn't, oh, I like everything orange. It's like, I need to double tap this desk before I leave because if not, the end of the world is going to happen and I need to make sure everything's the right and it's concentrating on these minute details that have no, no purpose in life. But well, and it's terrifying life. and it's, yeah. it's, it's sad. And I, I mean, I've sat in emergency rooms and just watched someone sob because they cannot leave the room until they touch every light switch in the room. And if you've ever been in an emergency room, there's a lot of light switches in every room. Yeah. And, yeah. and it becomes this, this, you know, things like that where they just get engulfed and miserable and they can't even articulate what might happen if you don't. Mm -hmm. It's just miserable. And so when I hear those sort of flippant comments, I burst into flames. I, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, we're going to, jump off. We're going to get jump off this little negativity train and move on to a more happier thing. Um, you mentioned just before we jumped on that you've done over 300 episodes. Yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> if anything, that's OCD for podcasting. You, you just can't get enough of podcasting. Well, um, so what I love so much is the connection, this part, the conversation piece, and the editing doesn't bother me so much, especially because I leave it very conversational. I, I decided a couple of things before I started my show. One was that I was not going to follow a very strict deadline. I'm not going to have a release day each week because that stresses me out. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I decided was that this needs to remain more fun than stress. That's really important to me. And so I've kind of learned to just go with it. And so I've had weeks where I put out like four or five episodes. And then, you know, I've been unwell recently. So it's been about 10 days since my last episode and both are okay. Yeah. So yeah, 343 episodes. It's a lot. It's a, nearly a full year. You're nearly at a full year. Someone can listen to your podcast one, every day for a full year. I love that idea. I love, love that. Um, 
And I, I want to touch on, because you're saying you don't have a release date, and conventional wisdom in the podcasting world is to be consistent and always be on the same day, you know, because you the more consistent you are with the dates that you release, the more your followers going up. But how, however, you're way past uh, podling, if you will, where that's probably a bit more important if you're you're building at the beginning so that you get used to this consistency. But because you're like, I'm doing this for fun, there's not this immense pressure on yourself. So what? So how has your growth, your podcast grown by having a non-ordinary release date? I mean, for okay. So for one, I'm a binger myself. So I don't listen to very many podcasts when they come out. Uh, it doesn't matter to me what their release date is. And if you have fewer than five or 10 episodes, I'll still subscribe so that I don't forget. But I won't actually listen until there's like a story arc to it. Uh, I've had some traumatic brain injury. And so I have a hard time remembering whatever you talked about in your last episode or the one before. But if I can binge all at once, then I can absorb it much better. So I'm basically releasing for myself for my own listening habits, rather than worrying about what the world out there wants me to do, because I can't be that, you know, I can't, for anybody who wants, you know, a once a week regular release, there's somebody else who wants three times a week or once a month. And you can't, I don't feel you can form yourself to specifically what the audience wants. You have to do what works for your lifestyle. I like that. I like that staying authentic to yourself instead of molding to what society society kind of wants. And I think that is the biggest positive for podcasters is you can you can be as authentic to yourself as you want because people will listen will find you eventually. People will find you and want to listen to you. People who may enjoy binging like you may just decide, hey, here I'll binge all this. And by the time I get to the three hundred and forty fifth episode, there could be another fifty already out because you you your podcast are like that. So I like that, that you're, you're actually looking for your audience that are similar to you in style. And, you know, frankly, I worry a little bit about the people who listen to every <laughs> one of my episodes. Like, are you not tired of me? Because I would be tired of me. I'm telling you. But um, I mean, I'm, 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 I just rolled over 750,000 downloads. So I'm doing congratulations. Okay. Thank you. I'm doing okay. You know, you're not hurting. I'm, you're not hurting I'm, for fans. I'm, I'm, I'm not hurting for it. And I, you know, I, I don't feel that downloads are a good reflection of success anyway, because they're so different from genre to genre. Hmm. So when I was doing strictly true crime, the metrics for what a successful release was, was, you know, if I didn't get 500 downloads in the first 24 hours, something was wrong with that episode. And that's, that's crap. Like, it's just doesn't, that's not logical. Like, sometimes people just aren't into it, or you catch them on, you know, your release date falls on a holiday, or COVID hit true crime really hard, because a lot of people were listening to podcasts on their commute, or out loud when their kids were at school. And suddenly you don't have a commute, or the little monsters are home all the time. <laughs> And either way, your, you know, your listening dropped tremendously. And so it just kind of becomes this, like, you just, your number of down, like, it, 
as long as you you can afford to or you know are covered by hosting in whatever way that your content remains out there people will find you when they want to find you and when they're able to yeah it's it's just and also you have to look like what is what topic are you going to be talking about because there's only so many serial killers out there in the well found hopefully serial killers i'm, I'm hoping that there's a lot every day it gets smaller and smaller the number that are out there but I, and I don't need you to confirm or deny that being a forensic expert. Do you like uh, sleeping at night or not? Like, I, I, I like, so I'll take the ignorance <laughs> is bliss route yeah, and just stay on that. that route. We don't need to go down there. Uh, but yeah, it's it, COVID either has done a lot for some podcasters, but also it's hit us hard because most people listen to their podcasts, like you said, on their commute. And if I don't have a commute, and I'm not allowed to listen to podcasts at work, or I, I can't, you lose those downloads. And so, yeah, no, I, I I like, downloads are important to an extent if you're trying to get a special type of guest, but they, you shouldn't measure that. You should measure, I like to measure on like uh, community engagement. That's what, what I was going to say. Engagement? That's, that's my, my measurement of success because I've had um the creator of forensic files on i had the producer of abducted in plain sight i've so i've had some heavyweights heavyweights i guess sure um to you they may not be heavyweights but to like my audience could be like holy shit how did you get the producer of a tv show on or you ask you, you ask is always the answer is you ask because the answer is no unless you unless you ask anyway right mm -hmm. so it can't hurt and i have some other ones coming up that are pretty big names to me um but what's interesting to me is that some of the episodes that have had the most listener engagement um like for instance there's one that i tell the story about where a friend of mine came on and and i almost never plan what are we going to talk about in advance because unless you know if it is a true crime case or whatever then i want to get the, mm -hmm. the facts right sure but i do a lot of episodes now i'd say about half and half that are about just tell me your story. Presumably you're not a serial killer, although I have had at least one convicted murderer on my show, so, you know. Um, but so a friend of mine came on and we didn't- I'm really gonna have... be very, very nice to you from now on because you do not- <laughs> I, have, I got connections. Well, this guy actually called me from via contraband cell phone from prison. So he's safe. You know. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. I love how you just like casually just like let it go. Like, oh yeah, he just called me. Yeah, from a, 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 um, a yeah he's in a supermax. He's in a supermax facility down south. You had a full episode <laughs> with a, pr <laughs> you know. For the audience that's listening to this episode, I have a very stunned look on my face right now because th this is one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard from a podcaster. And this is one of the, the joys of my job. Like, like you said, you love having the conversation just previously, you have these conversations. That's, that's what I love. I, I feel like I'm a storyteller when I get podcasters on telling their stories or even entrepreneurs or whoever I get to interview. But that is probably one of the greatest stories I have ever heard. It's going up on the top 10 list for sure. I know exactly what I'm calling this episode, you know, contraband podcasting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hold yeah. on. And, and, and I mean, he and I are still in touch and the plan is for him to come back on um, at some point down the road. So you never know. 
but um i, I definitely you need to send me that episode because i'm not a true crime fan or anything like that but i want to hear this this story because that just seems like craziness it, um, it, it for sure was craziness for <laughs> sure you know but um how did he get in contact with you i don't even know this was in my first six months so you know in podcast years that was like a decade ago yeah but um <laughs> But yeah, it, and you know, and since then, like I said, we've, we've stayed in touch. And once in a while, he's like, "Yeah, the uh, I can't, I, you know, I've uh, the, the recently been moved facilities." And so he was like, "Yeah, this is the first summer since 2005 I've been in a facility that has air conditioning." And I'm like, "We aren't living in the same world, right?" I forgot. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is insane. Yeah. But so, so, but the point about downloads and your your size of guests, I would say more is that um, I had a different friend of mine where we had no real plan. Um, I had him on the show because I'm kind of an ass at times. (laughs) And we were in the middle of a conversation and he had several hobbies that I found interesting. And I made the comment during this, and this was a conversation with a bunch of people you know, five or six people at once on like like a, like a zoom call. Well, it was like a zoom call. It was just like, like a happy hour kind of thing. And he was talking about his hobbies. And I was like, this is so interesting. You should come on my show. And he, in the moment was like, I don't, you know, everybody, everybody says I'd be boring. I don't know what I would need to talk about that kind of reflexive thing. And, you know, my answer to that is always, that's my problem. That's not your problem. I, I, I know how to, I'm pretty good at, the thing that I'm doing. Three episodes, 300 interviews later, I'm pretty sure I can make you somewhat interesting. I can find it. I can find it. Yeah. And um, I, it would have ended there, except one of the other participants in the phone call was like, don't pressure him if he doesn't want to come on your show. And I'm like, all right, bite me. Now you're coming on my show. (laughs) Because I'm telling me, no, you're coming on. Well, and I talked to him and I was very clear about like, I'm not, there's no actual pressure. Yeah. But I would love to have you come on my show and prove that you have things to say and that I'm not pressuring you to do so. I'm not actually an ass. I just like playing one on TV. And he agreed. So we didn't have anything planned ahead of time. And it ended up turning into a conversation about how he was diagnosed with autism in his 30s. And how what that process was like for him in terms of having not so much a label, but a definition and understanding more about himself, you know, than he had in the year, the years previous, you know, realizing that there's a reason that I think differently from other people. And after that episode, I got at least five or six separate emails and DMs and that kind of thing from people saying, I have never heard anybody talk about that process. I'm, I'm calling my doctor tomorrow you know, I, that's me in different ways. And it was such a powerful reminder that it really doesn't matter whether they're celebrities or whether they're a good get. It matters that they have a story and that you find a way to pull it out of them because sometimes somebody with literally zero audience can make a bigger difference in people's lives. Oh yeah. I, I, um, I, I can't, I can't argue that because of the fact that I've gotten so so many positive reviews as well from this show or my other shows about when I interview entrepreneurs, like, oh my God, thank you. I was looking for someone in that industry or 
or someone who had the same pain point and solved it for me on your podcast. So thank you so much. Like I, I love that is the, for me, that's when I know I've made it. Like I've interviewed business of like millionaires, sports team owners. Like I, like when I landed a sports team owner right here, uh, <laughs> as I point to the Jersey that he so uh, nicely sent me. And, uh, but it was like, oh my God, I landed this huge, for me, it was a huge person, but in reality to him, he's like, well, no, all my other friends own the sports team. Like it's nothing. So like, it's, it's weird. Like, like going back to the prisoner and you different worlds, but also your friends have so many, like the, the stories that have come out of just interviewing people is amazing. And it's no longer celebrities. I, yeah, I can get celebrities. Yeah, that's cool. I'm more interested in, in the new, the, the individual because their story doesn't get told enough and they have some amazing stories. Like I had to tell my dad how awesome his life story was. He's like, it's not that great. I'm like, you founded two, helped founded two charities and help revolutionize certain industries that you worked in. Like that's huge. <laughs> well, I think, I think people lose perspective, you know, when, yeah. you, when you don't the have enough dis distance, you know, yeah. and, and yeah, people, there have been a couple of people where I have felt it hasn't flowed well, but I think mm -hmm. it's more a matter of they get shy or they get anxious and they kind of get up in their head about it. Um, you know, every conversation is like playing catch. And some people playing catch is like with a kickball or a tennis ball and it's back and forth and it's cool. It's fun. And then other people you're playing catch with a bowling ball and <laughs> it's all this effort and you, you launch it over and it lands at their feet with this audible thud. And you're like, Oh, Oh God, could you pick that up and throw that back now? Like we're going to, and, and I mean, that happens, but that's part of life. I think. It's yeah, it, I, I always so currently I'm actually working with the gentleman who owns a sports team. Uh, it's uh, it's a rugby team and their first game is actually Saturday and they're live streaming and I'm so excited. It's all the way in France, so I'm not going to be able to watch it like in person yet. Uh, but I'm working with his his employees and his because of this team, his company owns, but also the, the players, because none of them have actually been on podcasts or know anything about podcasts. So here I am sitting in these mini interviews, having these conversations. And then at the end of it, I'm like, congratulations, you've been on a podcast. Because yeah. a podcast, most podcasts are just a conversation. Oh, the number of people who are either new at podcasting or coming from a different angle or whatever. And I'll, I, I mean, okay, I'm kind of a pod slut. Like, it's I'll fine. I'm a, I'm a I'm a whore as well. Look at how many I, podcasts I have. So many podcasts, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I well, I will talk. I'm to a dealer. About it. I'm sorry. I'm a dealer of podcasts. You're a dealer. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, yeah. Pod slut is more my like. I'm not. I, I don't get paid for it. I do, but like, I, I I make an income from my show now. But which we're gonna touch on uh, a bit later because that's interesting. Cool. But I I I do now. So it, I guess I'm semi-professional i don't know but i'll talk to anybody but there are times where i talk to you know somebody new or whatever and they get up and like oh my god i can't believe you're on my show and i'm like i'm literally sitting in my basement like yes i have a studio yes it's sound treated you know i have a good mic that kind of thing but i'm just an idiot with four kids and cats and geckos and you know a life and i after this i'm gonna go upstairs and lie down like that's that's where I'm at. Like, I'm just, it, it's not a big, in, but you know, to me, it's just that proof that like everybody's, 
everybody's somewhere in a spectrum and yeah. every time you think somebody's a big name somebody else is looking at you in the same way I, i've noticed that as well when uh, i've been a guest on some of like one of my actually funny enough a client of mine just started his podcast and he's never done anything business-wise or anything like that. And he's like, I want you to be the expert on my podcast. And I'm like, whoa, stop. I am not an expert <laughs> for this thing from an expert. But yes, I'll share it. And But I've also gotten compliments on other podcasters. Like, man, people are loving the wisdom that you're dropping. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, clearly I dropped it because I don't have it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's gone. I didn't drop anything in for like, and then you're like, when you start getting the the requests to be guests on a podcast, and you're like, yeah, sure, and then you're like, people, you get the feedback from the podcaster or the, even their audience coming in saying, I love that episode with you, and you're like, okay, this is weird. So is this what celebrity is in is or like what's going on? So yeah, how do you how do you deal with it when you go on other podcasts and you when you're let's say <clears throat> a podling asks you to be on their podcast forever I'm going to be using that term I love they're it they're podlers yeah that's that's, that's that's right yeah if you're a podler if you're sort of between like you're not brand new you know you're you're past the first three or four or five episodes so you know the basics but you're you haven't hit your stride yet so maybe you haven't found the voice yet five in in third yeah so between like five and maybe 30 of episodes depending on the frequency of release and that kind of thing but like less than six months you're a podler you're sort of toddling along and it's cute and you sort of know what you're doing but you also break things a lot and swear yeah <laughs> you break a lot of rules yeah, oh, yeah. and that's what it, the point is you break the rules because in podcasting there are no rules it's the mm -hmm. wild west and you can do whatever you want it's like pirate radio all over again but how do you deal with people's who uh, who tell you that you're like an expert or that they, they admire your your work that you do? I mean, you say thank you. You, you, you know, which sounds simple, but <laughs> you acknowledge that it means something to them. Even if you don't feel like you've earned it, that's not the point. The point is that they think you do and you should validate their feeling. And you, you say thank you. Um, I am an expert in, in forensic psychology. Like, I, I spent 12 years in college for a damn well better. I would hope, I would hope yeah. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and I am an expert in a couple of other things. And in, in terms of podcasting, when you're pushing 350 episodes, yeah, I think. You've done I the 10,000 hours pretty much. You know, yeah. and and so I have things to say. And does that mean I'm always right no, but that's not what expertise is. Expertise is confidence. It's not being right all the time. I like that. I like that. I like, I like that. And obviously you're coming from an area where you are an expert. So you understand that <clears throat> it's not always the right answer. It's what you, it's how confident you are in giving that answer. So I like how you're taking that. You take your expertise from another area and bringing it into your expertise in podcasting and, uh, Obviously, it's doing well for you. You're an expert in multiple fields. Um, I do want to jump in. I, I have a few questions, and we're already nearly done the episode because it's been a fun <laughs> chat with you. But Welcome I want to my world. Like this is what, <laughs> this is how it do. Oh, it's it's my world as well. It's a it's a con I'm a I'm a conversational slut. I love talking with people. So uh, to use your words, um, I want to. I'm not going to touch your pain point because I I don't really care about that. I want to tip. 
if you have a tip for <laughs> podcasters starting out, ask for help. Even if you think you know the answer, ask a lot of people the same question because you never know if they're going to, you know, give you, I, I had been using audacity, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the free basic DAW that a lot of podcasters use for two years before I learned that you can hit delete instead of control K to remove sound. Two years. It just never occurred to me to ask. So ask stupid questions, ask a lot of questions, but also ask for help in terms of, like I can tell you, my my sort of pain point with podcasting was that I felt like I was just hitting my stride just over a year into it when my father died. And he died by suicide. And so it, it took me out with the knee. It It flattened me. And I could have dropped the show and never picked it up again easily. Mm -hmm. But when I was deep into grief and really struggling, sometimes having the the sort of rope, almost mindless, pro, you know, process of editing helped. It helped get me out of the emotion and and channel into doing a thing. And then when I was done, I felt like I had accomplished something. But I didn't feel ready to literally speak yet for a while, and so. For my show, I have the I have the the main conversation. I don't like to call them interviews because mm -hmm. they're not that structured. But I have the conversation. I usually have a backlog of about I think right now I have about ten, which is comfortable for me um, because I don't release in the same chronological order to record in. I release yeah. based on what feels right, and so I had these conversations saved up, and then later I. I do a little monologue, two minutes maybe at the start and two minutes at the end of because I come from the old school of public speaking where you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you just told them. That's, so, that's, that's how we do this podcast. You know, and so that's what I, you know, I, I had the, the, the tell them part. I just didn't have the intro or the outro. And so I asked for help. I asked friends of mine who had podcasts or who listened to my show or maybe who didn't. I it, That really didn't matter to me. But would they take an episode and listen to the conversation and would they record an intro or outro for me? And then I had another friend who helped edit that, put all the pieces together and publish. So it still kept happening for a little while until I was ready to sit at the mic and speak again. And that was, I never would have set out thinking that that would happen. It never occurred to me, like this is a thing that I should ask for. But when you experience a major loss or a major illness, that kind of thing, people kind of swamp you in a way with, tell me what I can do, tell me what I can do. And in a moment of sort of, wanting to give them something to say something that they could do. I was like, well, you could, you could record the, the intro for my next episode. And they were like, great, cool. Send it over. And that was this epiphany for me of like, I need to ask for help when it gets to be too much. And that was, that has been tremendously helpful and ongoing. I love it. I, I, I love how, you're, you you threw down. It's like I was hurting, but I relied on my network of friends who wanted to help 
to help me actually with my podcast. They may not have been able to help. They helped me indirectly with your grief. Well, your grief. They helped you with your grief because they were able to take this burden that may have soon fell on you. And you're like, I, I feel bad, my, my audience and this. But they're like, okay, let me just take that. You deal with your grief. And as you were editing, you were able to, you, like you said, you felt accomplished. So that, and I know from, a, from personally, like getting that accomplishment, I didn't lose someone, but I had a burnout last year. 2020 was a was I had a burnout and I tried to get figure out and podcasting actually saved me to help me develop into who I am today more confidence I've lost weight because of podcasting and all that so I understand how you know the once you accomplish something how it just boosts you up and can help you get out of those little ruts that you're in so I'm glad that uh, podcasting kind of did the same for you. Yeah, in, you know, more than once, it has saved my sanity and has saved my sense of self, and that's super important. All right, um, we did touch on a crazy memory a little earlier about you uh, talking with someone on a, a contraband cell phone. Um, I'm wondering, is that your favorite memory from podcasting? I absolutely refuse to answer that question. The the what's your favorite? episode or no, what's your no, favorite no. memory or what's your favorite whatever um, what is one of your f- top memories from podcasting then is, is that a, a, a question? won't um because every episode is so different now you know i've talked to crime people i've talked to other podcasters i've talked about burnout i've talked about uh you know pod fade i've talked about audio drama creation i've talked you know my last episode was with my oldest daughter um in her process of wanting to see more lgbtq representation in media like it's all over the map now because what's important to me is whatever is important to you and so if i name one is more important that's putting more value on that okay no i i I respect that i I honestly respect that um no, I can't. I, I won't ask. Is there an episode that you want our audience to listen to? Because that's again choosing one and putting value on that. Um, so we're gonna skip that and say, here's one. Is there a podcast that you've listened to, not your own, that you would recommend someone else listening to? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am a huge fan of Girl in Space, which is an audio drama. Wait for it. It's about a girl in space oh my god i would (laughs) never have guessed from the name (laughs) it's 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 a beautiful story uh season one is in its completion and is out right now season two is in process so that's out there and interesting and fun um if you're into true crime i really enjoy crime of your life which focuses on missing people and generally lesser known crimes um my friend Brad does Doomsday podcast, which is like more man-made disasters than natural, but sometimes it's natural disasters which humans didn't react well to. And he he also, you know, he both tells the story, he's hilarious in this very dry Canadian way, which I appreciate, and as well, he tends to give survival tips. Well, if you ever find good. yourself in that, so there's, you know, there's, those are the first three you, that come to really mind. You really do have a, uh, uh, you are a podcast, if you will, because you, you have such a varied taste in podcasting. So I love that. Um, okay, we're gonna go with you. You mentioned earlier that you make money from podcasting, 
And we've touched on uh, monetization here on the show, on the live show uh, recently, but how is it that you make money podcasting? I started with Patreon. Um, so, you know, when I, I have a TikTok, which is sort of stalled out because it's really hot in my office and I don't like sitting on the camera that long, but I have a TikTok started, you know, about how to start a podcast. And so that's out there um, for sort of small bite-sized pieces of content. content about it. And one of, one of the TikToks is about monetization is not a bad word. And that as soon as you start a podcast, reserve and open a Patreon. Emphasize digital perks rather than physical perks. Make it personalized and, you know, be true to your word. Like, send what you say you're going to send or release what you say you're going to release. And if you don't think you're going to keep to a release schedule, don't promise one. Because the vast majority of patrons are not so much looking for the extra content as they are looking to support their favorite creators. Let them. So I have a Patreon, I have a buy me a coffee and a coffee account and that kind of thing. So there's those. And then um, around year two, I started hosting with Spreaker and that means running dynamically inserted ads. I'm, I, I agonized over it. I really did because you have less control and podcasters as rule are pretty narcissistic and controlling. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, things is a podcaster is a narcissistic person. Use that to your advantage. It's, it's, I mean, because you think you have a voice worth hearing. There, there you go. So own that, lean into it. And that was difficult to let go of the control over the ads. Like, because with Spreaker and with most, you know, ad hosts, Companies. you know, you can, you can say like, so for instance, I don't run ads that involve politics. Um, I generally choose not to run ads that involve alcohol or drugs, just sort of not on brand for me. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things that you can carve out, but then otherwise, like, I've, I've had people say, like, I turned on your show and it played the same T-Mobile ad twice in a row before the episode started. And I'll say, yeah, and if you hit play again, it'll do two different ads or maybe the same ad two more times. Like, I have no control over that. And that's hard. But nobody's ever really complained about it for the amount of agony that I went through to decide, should I monetize? The answer is yeah. Yeah, if you can get somebody who's willing to, like, so I'm hosted for free on Spreaker. They have unlimited, which, you know, given 350 episodes, good, um, unlimited hosting space. And they just have a minimum number of ads that I have to insert per episode. There are, I do have an agreement with them that there are a couple of episodes where they don't insert ads. Um, one, you know, I've done a couple, like I did an obituary for the victims of the Sandy Hook shooting. Because that's not far from where I live and I know some of the parents. Um, I, I did a sort of memorial to my father after he died and I won't run an ad on that. So there's a couple here and there that I've just said no ads to and they're like, cool, no problem. Just release 400 more episodes and we'll be fine. <laughs> you, know? you, you have 344 episodes. I'm pretty sure if you have a dozen that you're like, no ads, please. I'm pretty sure they're like, 
Okay, we'll, just du- we'll, we'll just double up on the ads on the other ones then, that's all. They're, they're fine. They're fine. So, you know, I, I did worry about coming off as too commercial. And then I realized I was the only one that, that cared because the people who are listening know how to hit fast forward on their podcatcher. You know, you use that 30 seconds ahead button a couple of times, you skip the ads, the podcaster benefits. I'm lazy in mm-hmm. certain senses. And so I've opted not to go looking for host red ads, such as Casper Mattress, um, some of the big better uh, help, uh, HelloFresh, that kind of thing. Like yeah. those, you kind of have to approach one at a time and, and deal with individual reps and individual contracts. And I don't want to do that. So I could make more money if I did. I have the downloads so that I could support it, but I don't want to. And so that goes back to that sort of central, like one of the most helpful things to me about having a podcast is to sort of decide, like, if you're coming into this to make money, first of all, thoughts and prayers on that one. Good luck. Um, But secondly, keep that as your focus. That's fine. For me, it was about connecting with people and having more fun than stress. And having that as sort of a motto in the back of my head helps me remember that, like, it's okay if I'm not earning maximum dollars for what I do. It pays for itself and it pays for my prescription medications, which my family appreciates. So that's where we go. There you go. You, 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 I love it. I love how simplicity you went with your, and, and it is agonizing to decide whether or not you're going to place ads or not on your podcast. Cause then it's, again, it's like, well, will I, will my audience not like it, but you have to realize your audience is there for you. And if they have, if they find out that you're making money and it's supporting you and the quality of the content is going to get better, it's benefiting them as well. You're benefiting your listeners. So you have to weigh that. Like, obviously you don't want to go out and find them, find sponsorships and all that. But if one does come to you, would you say yes? It depends on who. It it depends on who. So for a while, BetterHelp, I did have a contract with them. I found that um, it just wasn't resulting insufficient uh, what's the word you want to like like i wasn't getting enough money back for what i was they were asking me to do and they were getting a permanent ad placement for it and i wasn't thrilled with that um i've been approached by a couple of other companies that didn't fit for one reason or another um so it, it depends. It, it depends entirely on whether I feel what they're asking me to do and whether I feel it's a fit. So like, for instance, on the end of my show notes for every episode, I have a line for one sponsor of a woman who is, has a cottage industry of her own of creating CBD products. And that's legal throughout the U.S. So I was like, cool, I don't have to worry about <laughs> the government that, coming after you know, me. Yeah, ethical considerations. Like it's it's up to the consumer. It's not up to me to worry about that decision. And it's just a flat off, you know, if you use my code, you get 15% off. I don't benefit from that. I don't get any money back from that, but I believe in supporting other small businesses when I can. So things like that I'm more comfortable with than, you know, if somebody like if Casper were to approach me tomorrow, I don't know. Like it it would have to be something that felt right in what I'm doing. Of course. 
Of course, no, I agree. Um, it, you have to find, you can't jump on the first sponsor that comes that's just offering your money because it, again, you have to see, does it mesh well with my, my brand? Like for this, I would not get a podcast, uh, a sponsor for a food company because my podcast doesn't deal with food. But if I had a podcast that dealt with food, HelloFresh and Good Meals and all those would be perfect for it. So yeah, I know you have to find the ones that gel with your brand the best. Um, we are coming, we're past the length of time, but that's fine because it's been a great podcast conversation. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to give you the last however long you want. Let us know where we can find you, where we can support you. So if my audience wants to learn more about ignorance, was bliss. Yeah, I'm um, I'm online far too often. Um, my my tag on all social media is IWB Podcast. Ignorance was bliss podcast. Um, and my website is IWBpodcast.com. And I'm on all of the podcatchers I know of. And so it's really about collecting stories. And so if you hit an episode that doesn't resonate for you, that's cool. The next one might. And that's the hope is that if I give you enough of a mix of stories, something will ring true to you. And, and the idea is that I want it to be like when you're stuck at an awkward party or something and you don't really want to engage in a conversation, but you hear one happening near you and you sort of lean in to what they're talking about. That's what I do. I love that. I love that that catch. It's like the awkward, you're, you're listening in on someone else's conversation. You're, you're eavesdropping. I love it. Um, Kate, I want to thank you so much for being an amazing guest here on the show, sharing your knowledge, sharing your wisdom of after 344 episodes, still blown away by that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I can't wait to listen to some of your podcasts, especially the one with the prisoner calling in from prison. That That is probably going to be my favorite episode of yours, just because it's going to be like, oh, it's one of my favorite memories of being told that someone interviewed someone on a contraband phone. Like, I'm going to walk around telling, like, I talked with someone who interviewed someone in prison on a contraband phone. How crazy is that? Um, the joys of podcasting. Uh, Kate, thank you so much. Everybody, if you want to find Kate, of course, search her on all the social media. The links will be down in the show notes down below. Kate, thank you again. And remember, everybody, to invest in yourself and have a great day.